Welcome, folks, to The Uncommon Good with Bo Bonner and Dr. Bud Marr. Every week, diving deep into the truth of Catholic social teaching and restoring all things in Christ. The Uncommon Good, live from Iowa Catholic Radio's Mercy Live Up Studios. The Uncommon Good is on the air. I'm Bo Bonner. I'm Dr. Bud Marr. We are coming to you live from various parts of this great land. I, here in the Iowa Catholic Radio Mercy Live Up studio in Des Moines, Iowa. I'm Bo Bonner, director of the Zeta Institute for uh, all sorts of stuff and the director of mission and ministry over at Mercy College. Bud, usually coming to us from Nins where he's the director, but you're out and about these days, right? Yeah, I'm in the middle of um, the Smoky Mountains in North Carolina, I think I can make my way back to civilization at some point. Smoky Mountains, so uh, and I, you're not running moonshine at this point. This is like for a family marriage or something like this, yes? Hey, if teaching and radio don't work out, there's always moonshine. <laughs> I think that's like basically like when they... You know how Disney's making everything live action, like there's going to be a Dumbo movie? Eventually they're going to do live action cars, which will be very creepy, bud. By the way, just hear it now. That's the case. Uh, but yeah. they're going to make it gritty and it'll be about like running moonshine in North Carolina. And it's going to be great. It'll be PG 13. It will make us explore, uh, the foundations of NASCAR in our young nation. Just, just chalk this up, but I think it's going to happen. Well, I think Transformers has set the bar pretty low. So <laughs> a, a live action cars should, should do the trick. So, uh, Bud, you're really missing out. We have a, a new person helping us out today. His name's John David. I'm not going to make him go on air, but he's taking pictures, and unfortunately, it's just of me. I told him that we were going to make like a cutout of you of like the worst picture we had and put you next to a microphone, since you're not here in Des Moines. I just wanted, uh, do you consent to us uh, mocking your image like that? I guess that's fine. I feel like next time I roll through town, you and I should do a glamour shots or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> J.C. Penney's, yeah. <laughs> there, there's one of us from the early times in the show. The early times. The early the days. Show, back in the grand old days. Yeah. And uh, I'm I'm laughing pretty hard at a joke you made, but we age pretty quickly these days. That's and true. So I look quite a bit younger. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> that what's funny in that picture too is that must have been like the second show ever, and we were like yeah. all like do do radio things as it, make it apparent that we're on the radio. And I, I, I'm with you. I look back and I go, oh gee whiz. <laughs> Yeah, like uh, actual radio co-hosts who like sit in the studio together rarely make eye contact, but like in the photos, it's always like I don't know they're doing like a Chinese finger puzzle together or something. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. Let's move on to something much more important and safe: our underwriters. So, for instance, if uh, if John David over here takes a pretty awesome picture, Bud, where will we go if we need to print it off? I think if you're in Des Moines, you want to turn to Cartridge World for all, all your printer needs. Um, they're environmentally friendly printing. They have pickup and delivery for business customers, but also great for your everyday printing needs. And in order to get like all of the sort of like uh, you know dark colors, we have a lot of hair these days. We have beards. You're going to need a lot of ink. Cartridge World's a place to go get cheap ink. Because always remember, folks, what costs more than blood and oil? Ink. So ink. Cartridge World has you covered. Uh, as always. Also underwritten by Mercy College of Health Sciences. Speaking of blood again, but I think blood is what <laughs> combines these two. Uh, 
Mercy College of Health Sciences, we, we just made a big push. Uh, our new president, uh, Dr. Uh, Doug Fiore, uh, he is officially on the job as of Sunday, and uh, he's going to be on the show coming up here in a few weeks. Um, one of the things we did is we made a big old push where everybody sort of across campus um, took time out to call prospective students, kind of just uh, you know put a push out there. The point being is there's still plenty of time to sign up for fall, mchs.edu. We have no wait list. Uh, we have online programs like RN to BSM. BSN, excuse me, healthcare administration, health information management. And if you have a previous BA and want to do an accelerated BSN, we're the school for you. Yeah, it seems like President Fiore has really hit the ground running, so that's exciting to see. And um, I'm, uh, I'm eager to have him on the show here coming up. What would be cool is actually uh, hopefully we can get a, a President Emeritus uh, Dr. Decker on because she is now director of catholic charity so it'd be pretty cool after she gets settled in to have her on as well and hear about her new job so all sorts of wonderful things going on here in des moines uh wonderful things happening all throughout the listening area whether that's uh when we broadcast um over the weekends in oklahoma i know that you got a lot of your pittsburgh pals uh that listen to us uh podcast um we have if people have been longtime listeners of the show well, who might be our most frequent guest coming up today? Wouldn't you say Steve Wickmer, the Catholic movie guy, has been on the most as a guest, right? Yeah, you know, the one person that comes to mind who my rival hit is uh, Catholic Bible guy, Matthew Umbarger. Matthew Umbarger. Well, Deacon Tony just yeah. told me that uh, Steve is on speed dial, so maybe that's a proof that he, he's on the most. <laughs> We just send out the bat signal, the Catholic movie guy signal. We assumed he's watched a movie and can make some sort of comment. Um, there's a lot of summer movies out that people have a lot to say about, and as always, uh, we like to give people, you know, periodically throughout, uh, you know, the year, whether it's Christmas or summer, um, where you're not, your your first stop for talking about uh, movies and what that might mean. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Well, bud. Like I said, you're out in the boonies again. You still have all the connection yeah. and everything's going well? I hope so. If you guys lose me, just carry on. He'll be like in the war movies, like, go on without me. <laughs> but um, it's not, not, but not really like today. the war movies at all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm actually sitting poolside with a drink. Like, go on without me. <laughs> go, yeah. This show must go on. <laughs> the foxhole slash by the pool. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, well... Um, I was going to say, I was going to try to sing like a cool Appalachian country song into break, but all I can think of is stuff about West Virginia. So you stick around by the pool, bud, you know, get a refill on your morning Mai Tai or whatever you're up to. We'll be back after these messages with Steve, the Catholic movie guy. This is the Uncommon Good. If you're really wondering what Bud might be up to here locally in Des Moines, and you really have a pressing question to ask, like... You know, what color are the leaves over in Appalachia? As always, we have the text line available with the zip whip line. Oh, I, I messed that up. I'm sorry. 515-223-1150. Hashtag UCG so we know who you want to talk to. The zip whip line. Ah, better that time. Uh, we can answer all of your needs. One of the things that we want you to be able to do today is if you have specific questions about a movie that's coming up this summer, it's highly likely yeah. that Steve and I have either watched it or heard about it. But I think has got a chance to look at a few flicks as well. So if you have a specific movie in mind, the Zip Whip line, 515-223-1150. Bud, you're, you're okay with us asking you personal questions about uh, Appalachia? That's fine. I'd rather stick to movies, but if that, you know, whatever, 
explodes people's boat. Um, yeah, this is a great day for the zip up line. You've got, um, like, show, should I uh, let my kids see this movie? Is That's this right. movie worth my well-earned bucks? That's so. right. So, zip whip line, 515-223-1150, hashtag UCG. We'll be back after these messages with Steve, the Catholic movie guy. Thank you, Caldwell Parish, for underwriting Iowa Catholic Radio. Conform to the wishes of the deceased and to Catholic liturgical burial traditions. Caldwell Parish Funeral Home, Des Moines' only Catholic-owned and operated funeral home. CaldwellParish.com. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family-owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full-service print shop, ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. BigRedQ-DesMoines.com Support for The Uncommon Good is provided by Cartridge World. Cartridge World is an industry leader delivering high-performance printing products that help you save time, money, and print great. Perfect for businesses, home offices, college students, or busy moms trying to find affordable printing supplies including ink, toner, paper, or printers. For business customers, pickup and delivery are available. Products are guaranteed or full replacement. Cartridge World, your low-cost, environmentally friendly printing experts, 801 73rd Street in Windsor Heights, 515-564-7400, and online at cartridgeworld.com. Please join Legatus of Des Moines for an evening with Tom Peterson. Reconciliation, God's font of healing mercy. To be held Tuesday night, June 19th at 7.30 p.m., everyone is welcome. St. Francis of Assisi Church in West Des Moines. For further information, contact Des Moines at legatus.org. Come listen to Tom speak on the life-changing sacrament of reconciliation. Tuesday night, June 19th at 7.30 p.m., Everyone is welcome. Corel Contractor serves Des Moines and Central Iowa for all earth moving and excavating needs. Family owned since 1959, Corel Contractor will complete a project you can be proud of on budget and on time. Corel Contractor, 515-221-9669 or corelcontractor.com. We're back with the Uncommon Good. Bo Bonner, Dr. Bud Marr. We have with us, like I said, maybe the all-star of all all-stars for the uncommon good, Steve Wickmer, the Catholic movie guy. Steve, how are you doing today? I'm good. Stop, please, please. We- I'm willing to forsake my, my business, my real business, to talk about movies at the job of a hat, so I think that's why I'm on so much. Well, I was going to say, I don't, it's less like all-star-like. It's not like Major League Baseball where like you really have to earn it. It's more like... NBA, where like fans like in like Estonia can just text too much, and then you're going to be a starter on the All Star team. So don't 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 take that as too high of a compliment. Oh, I, I took it as an insult. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you're in an office, buds outdoors, like at a pool. This is going to be some pretty neat synergy talking about movies, don't you think, here, Steve? I, I feel like every time I am on, Bud gets farther and farther physically away. You know, <laughs> next time yeah. that I call in, he'll probably be in Australia. I don't know, then Antarctica. I, I really don't know at this point. No, but we're we're response? going for our first in in space, Joe. From outer space. <laughs> there you Make go. Make it happen, Tesla guy. Yeah, I was gonna say Elon Musk. Uh, I think he just got on record like saying that he's gonna downsize nine percent. But I'm sure the loopy space stuff is still. You know, like on track. Don't worry, guys. I know that. Oh, that that's the first. That's the first item in the budget, right there. Space travel. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, we're somehow going to get this back to movies after bringing up Tesla. I promise. Uh, so, Steve, we've been, we, like we said, you've, we've been on the show a few times, and uh, we always try to talk about movies or art in general uh, before we start talking about specific movies. This time, I was throwing out maybe an impossible task. Um, I said that I was hoping that instead of watching, talking about should Catholics watch movies. Um, or even the role they play in societies. Those are topics we've talked about before. I'm wondering if we can talk about the delight and splendor of art specifically, and how weirdly enough maybe why we find movies so fascinating is on one hand, you know, all art is an imitation of God and God's, you know, original creation, but maybe the idea that there's something about, you know, movies, if they're good, have to have that idea of spectacle. I mean, I know that, like, some of us, like, really, you know, gritty documentary movies those are called boring people uh but most of us right part of it is actually the spectacle of the lit screen you know the the plato's cave sort of idea i don't know am i going way too heady to start off a wednesday morning or do you think there's something to this in your long experience watching the movies <laughs> no i mean i i have to maintain this position because otherwise i'm not qualified to be the catholic movie guy i mean that's why i i started the the, the podcast it's not because I have some sort of particular uh, degree or expertise per se, except that I I love you know I love engaging with movies for their own sake in in in, in themselves, and I think that one of the things that I've tried to do with the podcast and just in talking to to people in everyday life, people say things like, why should why should we watch X movie or why why shouldn't we just watch movies about lives of the saints or, or whatever, and it gets to that that thing that you're talking about, which is just in the same way that, that God made us to, to love and to, to cultivate the earth, God made us, in a way, to appreciate movies. I'm not joking. <laughs> uh, it, 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 you know, we, we, have, we can take a utilitarian view of the movies just like we take a utilitarian view of humanity, but that's not our nature. Our nature is not just to, to do our, our daily thing, acquire our daily needs, but it's also to appreciate, to have leisure time, and obviously in our day and age, one of the, the main ways that people do that is, is the movies, and that's why it's so important to find good ones. Um, you know, in the same way that, that a building, you know, you can, buy, you can have a building, right, to house people and it, it functions to, to keep people uh, from the elements. Or you can have, you know, Notre Dame Cathedral, and you can see the difference there as far as spectacle. That's the same thing with, with movies. They don't just have to be this instruction manual or teach good lessons. They also can in their own way, just for their own sake, exist, and, and that is, a, is a, every bit as valid a, a function as, as the utilitarian view. Well, I think one thing that is a sign of this is movies do this. Of course, poetry does this as well. Songs, a bit too. But movies, there's a large strand of movies about movies that ask questions why we like the movies. And it seems like at some point, um, every great director eventually has a movie about the movies like so i know that you're a big cohen's brothers mm-hmm. fan right so just very recently they got done uh making hail caesar which in many ways is a movie about making movies right you go back further and you have uh what's the one that everybody like uh rightly lots uh, cinema paradiso right the the italian one that everybody says that if you want to like show yourself your medal as a movie nerd you better watch it um i think there's something about the fact that Movies allow us to talk about the spectacle of movies, just like poetry allows poets to talk about the, the, the act of making a poem. 
that we do one of the things we like about movies is what they sort of imitate like primordially not only about us but really about god and his creation we're we're kind of amazed that we've been given the the capacity to to make to create things like movies and i think that's why it's just kind of cool to watch a movie in a in a cinema uh, is that ability am i babbling on too much steve no, no, not at all. I mean, I just, I guess, you know, it's one of those things, there's a famous saying that there's no disputing matters of taste, and, and that's true to a certain extent uh, in the margins, right? But at the core of it, it's not really true at all. I mean, everything about God's creation is, in a sense, objective, and, and our appreciation, our ability to take part in it is objective. So I think that the fact that it, that calls to so many people that spectacle, it shows that it's it's part of our nature. And... um you know, when you get when you get some people who don't see that, I think it's important in the same. It's an it's a way of evangelizing in and of itself to develop that faculty to appreciate um, the human ability to take something you know given to them by God in the physical world and actually, you know, in a sense, improve on it or make something new. And that's that's part of 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 what what uh, what what being Catholic is all about. So. There's a, this famous example that people say, well, you, you know, when you when you have a birthday as a father or as a, as an aunt or whatever, and your niece or your son or your whatever wants to buy you a present, they don't have any money. You know, you have to give them the money to do that, but they still go and acquire the present, and it, in some sense, um, is a credit to you and glorifies you that even though you you know you come out actually like when you look at a utilitarian margin, no better. Mm that they have taken something given to them by you and improved on it and, and, and enriched your, your goods in some way. And in the same sense, God doesn't need our goods, God doesn't need our art, but he gives us these tools, and when we use them rightly and, and create something beautiful or something spectacular, we, we are doing our duty as good sons of God. But uh, out there where you're at, do they have the movies yet in eastern Appalachia, North Carolina? I, I I think theaters will be introduced sometime in the near future, but um, <laughs> no, I like they're still on Nickelodeon. I, <laughs> no, I like the the way that you guys are grounding this whole discussion in um, uh, art as an imitation of God. And I think if you look at creation, like we talk about creation being gratuitous, just in the sense that there was no necessity to the act of creation, but also to me, I'm just blown away sometimes by the immensity of it all, and also the wonder of it all. Like, you think of something like a giraffe, or I think, you know, like, as young boys were often fascinated with the idea of dinosaurs, and it was almost like God was just, like, it's not just, like, intrinsically gratuitous, but, you know, just so creative in how he goes about it. And I think the best art is that way. It's not pedantic, like, I'm going to teach you a lesson, or Steve used the word utilitarian, like, this is going to achieve some functional goal, but it's, it's about beauty, it's about wonder, like, for myself, when I go to movies, I want something that's sort of fantastical. Like, I'm not so much of a realist guy because, like, I feel like that part of life should, in a sense, like, take me to a different place, even though it comes at reality in sort of a sidewise uh, sort of way. I like that. I mean, this is clearly biblical, bud, because the book of Job is basically twice God being like, look at this, behemoth, yeah. pretty awesome, right? Check this out, <laughs> Leviathan. And I'm, I'm with you. He's like, hey, you guys want to see something cool? Boom, dinosaurs, right? And I think that that happened with humanity. And I think there's a way in which when we create at it at our best, it is that sort of like mixture between childlike wonder and like 
like you said, when God made the T-Rex and declared that that was pretty awesome and good. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that's a great way to put it, bud. And I, I wanted to make a real, real quick point. I, I agree yeah. with, with Bud that, you know, I don't go to the movies to learn something. I, it's, it's going back to the building analogy. I don't know how many times I can go that well. Ideally, the best piece of art, whatever that is, would do everything, right? It would be a spectacle. It would be uh, creative and unique using using tools that are at your disposal. It would also, you know, teach moral truth. First of all, never violate it, but also actually actively, like, inculcate moral values at the same time, right? Um, and maybe even the most perfect art provides some sort of a practical guide for the viewer, too. Um, but what makes it art isn't those other things. Those other things are like the perfection at the edge. What makes it art is that creative aspect. The, you know, while not while not doing evil, just literally doing nothing but creating something that's spectacular is a good in and of itself, and that's the essence of art. So I think we start, you know, from a good place as Catholics. We we don't want any art that is evil. But when we get yeah. over that low hurdle. Yeah. We, we need to remember that the first part of art is the artifice, the art, not the uh, the instruction manual. Well, you know, it's an interesting way to put that real quick. And then, sorry, but I'm cutting off. Yeah. So, uh, speaking of architecture, to keep dipping at that well, as you said, uh, I think it's Dennis McNamara has a wonderful book called How to Read Churches. And his idea is like, okay, so there's a lot of symbols involved in all the architecture. But the point, like you're saying, Steve, is not, oh, now I've, now I've figured out church architecture, thanks. No, actually what it is is... If you know how to read a church, you understand the artifice and the spectacle even more. And I think that that's when a movie allows us to have hooks that are moral and practical, it serves the artifice and the spectacle and not the opposite way around, which, to be frank, sometimes why some Christian movies are so horrible is they're really worried about making a spectacle like, okay, now we got them in the seats. Now let's moralize at them. And weirdly enough, art almost is the opposite way. It's like the the if it can hook into our hearts in a moral way, it actually makes us understand beauty, which actually makes us elevate the moral sense and not the opposite way around. So, sorry I interrupted, Bud. Go ahead. No, no. I well, the, with the points that you guys were making, like this is an area honestly that I struggle with sometimes because I like by way of confession, I can be drawn to movies that are kind of darker, like uh, especially dystopian films, like Twelve Monkeys or Fight Club. Some of what Kubrick did. What are negative I've, about I've, those, I've, bud? Those are all pretty... Ha- no, I'm kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> well, I've wondered, like, a film worth watching, because those movies, on an artistic level, well, maybe ex- excluding Fight Club a little bit, but they're, they're quite well done, you know, but does does a movie have to have what people would say, like, a redemptive value to it? I guess I can see the point that, um, you know, I, I think Lord of the Rings clearly stands out from something like Harry Potter, not o- only on an aesthetic level, but also because the characters, like the protagonists, they are committed to the good, right? And so, like you're saying, like the art is good, but also it has a truth to convey in that regard. Steve, this is you, man. Yes. Uh, all righty. Well, I, this is a this is a discussion I get into a, a lot in in our circles of the more traditional Catholics, the people who are trying to to really live a you know a truly Catholic life, 24 hours a day. I, and I'm trying to too, while still you know wanting to engage in in an art form that has, to a, lot, a large extent, you know, a lot of, of garbage in it. Um, and sometimes you'll hear people say, even people of, you know, very well-repute moral theologians, uh, I can think of now, it, they mostly exist on the Internet now, but, you know, they still, uh, they still exist, that will say things like, well, you know, uh, because the good is, in, is, is unified in a whole, 
any movie that has something bad in it, you shouldn't be watching. And I, I would, yeah. you know, hear that in the past, and I see the point. But on the other hand, I think of a human life, you know. Uh, even God doesn't really hold us to that strict of a standard that if there's some, that there's some problem with, with our lives, our life is not worth living, or even, you know, that, that it's somehow defective. If, if we commit a, a venial sin, we look at the, the whole life and we have the opportunities for redemption. I think it's the same way when you engage with a piece of art. There are certain things that you can't see if something is, in, is inherently super, you know, gravely immoral to actually depict it on screen, for instance, and there are some films where that happens. I won't get into details. Of course, you can't engage in that. But to say that you're watching a, a three-hour, uh, you know, piece of art or movie and 95% of it is, is absolutely uh, spectacular and moral and there's these little things at the margin, I think that, you know, we have to, you know, acknowledge the bad but also not throw out the baby with the bathwater at the same time. So, you take a movie like Fight Club, there are lots of good points in there. I don't know where that line is. I think there'll always be those disagreements on the, in the margins. But to say it's worthless, I, I just couldn't, you know, I couldn't disagree more when you look at, at the, the balance of it, as you said. Well, I think of uh, the Bible itself, which has many <laughs> uh, episodes that you wouldn't want to depict on a big screen. So much so that St. Benedict, exactly. like, will say, he, he actually says for novice monks, he doesn't want them reading, like, First and Second Kings in the evening because it will give them bad suggestive <laughs> dreams. So the Bible, <laughs> the Bible has those episodes. You, know, you said our life as well. Um, but you're right. I mean, it's really a weird, complicated thing. I actually think about the communal element of movies and like a, a genre that I think rightfully takes a lot of flack, uh, the horror genre. I've recently went and watched one. We can talk about that in the second hour about why I wouldn't recommend it to people. Um, but what I did recognize, right, what the horror movies do strange is make a community out of a lot of disparate individuals. Um, when we could all tell, like in the movie theater, that something bad was about to happen, and people like do that, you know, the the sort of stereotypical like, oh no, right, or like, watch out behind you, or something like that. Ah. Yeah, it's funny how you realize that art can make in a very fragmented individual age where we don't know any of the individuals in the theater. It, we become like a community, a body responding to this work. And it's not just horror films do this. I mean, I think everybody has the story of like, I remember when we watched uh, Saving Private Ryan, like everybody walked out of the theater, you know, absolutely quiet and stunned, you know, things like this. Yeah. Um, I'm just pointing out that horror movies that rightfully, like I said, can rightfully be criticized quite a bit. There is that element of the experience of watching in a movie theater that I think they actually show forth. Um, and so to your point, Steve, I think sometimes movies, as long as they're not, like you said, um, reveling in the evil that they show, kind of allow us to get back to that very Greek primordial understanding of the theater, right? That like we cathartically together uh, sort of experience what it means to be human in both its greatest moments and its deepest uh, difficulties. Well, if you yeah, think I, about... I, um... Oh, go ahead, bud. Sorry. Go ahead, Steve. Um, if you... Like you think about finding the golden mean, um, like on one extreme, if if artists, if like great artists scrubbed life too much, it wouldn't resonate with us. So I think if you look like at a writer like Shakespeare, I think what drew so many to his plays is that he captured all of life and its complexity. But I mean, to, to point to um, a movie series that we all love, like Star Wars, I think what many people found refreshing about it is that it told a great story. And it stood out from other films of its time in that it didn't, like, it didn't have the gratuitous 
sensuality or violence or whatever. And so, like, the great art combined with kind of, like, this refreshing wholesomeness, for lack of a better term, I think was an appeal for a lot of people. Definitely, and I and I think that those are super valuable things to find that, for that reason. But going back to your, your Shakespeare comment, I mean, I, I've been rereading Shakespeare as kind of a, a challenge to myself recently, yeah. and I'm even even I am struck by the content for that time period. Um, and it and it doesn't, you know, not that I'm scandalized or anything, but it makes you realize that you've kind of been sold this bill of goods that I think comes from um, some of the the heresies of of later days. Uh, it's easy to say that something's Jansenist or that something's puritanical, but I, I really do think it applies here because exactly like both said, going back to the Bible, I mean, you know, life is messy, and the the moral conundrum uh, that life is, is 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 just a constant thing in every aspect of life, from the most simple to to the most complicated. And and why wouldn't art reflect that? Why wouldn't our our myth, mythos reflect that in the Bible itself? And the, the example I go back to is. When you when you talk to some of these people who are are kind of purists about what they watch, and of course we should all be discerning, they go back to a movie like say A Man for All Seasons, and they talk about how great it is and and it is great. But even in that movie, there is a a uh, a use of the a a uh, I guess you wouldn't a profanity, okay, like in the technical sense of a term. Right. And so even by their own standard, they could not watch that if 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 that is the case. But it's it's about the context of the movie, how it's used in the movie, and it, it, all those things. And and I think that you know we just have to be careful not to to go overboard and say, well, we can only watch uh, Star Wars or whatever because there's there's not one profanity or expletive. And and like we've been talking about, the the truly good art goes much deeper than that cursory analysis. See, that's interesting, too, because, of course, The Man for All Season is explicitly about schism, one of the worst sins you can commit, and it's basically the entire movie. So I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Like, Of course we're going to do these things. And if you had to ask me which was a creepier depiction of witches, uh, the opening scene of Macbeth or in the Bible when the witch of Endor summons uh, Samuel, um, that... That in the Bible creeps me out way more than uh, Macbeth. So uh, I, I think you're right. Like, um, there's a there's a point that we're getting at about movies do stick in the craw of your soul. They shape who you are. If you go in allowing it to influence and make you become a different person, um, I think it's very right to warn people about this. But that's sort of an over uh, correction to say that we shouldn't. Um, engage in art that depicts the difficult things in life, because otherwise, why would we all look at crucifixes at the front of our parishes? We're going to have to go to break right now, so stick around. When, we'll, uh, when we're back from our messages, we'll get back talking with Steve, the Catholic movie guy, here on The Uncommon Good. If you like what we do, and we hope that you do, otherwise, why would you be listening? One thing that you can help is, bud, get out the well. That's my uh, name for the the campaign we're having to try to get the Comrex Opal, um, a mystical, magical device that will make Bud sound as good as John Leonetti in the morning, which we all want. We all want it, people. So how do you help with that? If you go to www.patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com, slash I-C-R for Iowa Catholic Radio, we have exclusive content for people who pledge to donate $5 a month. So patreon.com, slash I-C-R, 
listen to us jibber jabber about some what we think's interesting things. It's at least funny, I promise you that. Also, if you want to be in touch with us otherwise here on Iowa Catholic Radio, multiple ways to do it. Um, if you want to go to Facebook, it's Iowa Catholic Radio. Our Twitter handle is at IA Catholic Radio. And you can also get our in tune bi weekly e newsletter two times a month, every other Wednesday, keeping you in tune with what's going on here at the station. This is the Uncommon Good. We'll be back after these messages. Thank you, Big Red Q Quick Print, for underwriting the sports report. Family owned and operated since 1980, Big Red Q Quick Print is a full service print shop, ready to help you with all your printing needs with speed and accuracy. BigRedQ-DesMoines.com. Thank you, Farm Bureau agent Cindy Schulte, for underwriting Catholic Women Now. As an authorized independent agent, Cindy's team can provide health insurance options from Wellmark Blue Cross Blue Shield of Iowa. Cindy Schulte at 1315 50th Street in West Des Moines or on the web at cindyschulte.com, 515-226-2111. Cindy and her team know health insurance. Wellmark Blue Cross Blue Shield of Iowa is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross Blue Shield Association. Products available at Farm Bureau Financial Services. Support for The Uncommon Good is provided by Cartridge World. Cartridge World is an industry leader delivering high-performance printing products that help you save time, money, and print great. Perfect for businesses, home offices, college students, or busy moms trying to find affordable printing supplies including ink, toner, paper, or printers. For business customers, pickup and delivery are available. Products are guaranteed or full replacement. Cartridge World, your low-cost, environmentally friendly printing experts, 801 73rd Street in Windsor Heights, 515-564-7400, and online at cartridgeworld.com. Thank you, Caldwell Parish, for underwriting Iowa Catholic Radio. Conform to the wishes of the deceased and to Catholic liturgical burial traditions. Caldwell Parish Funeral Home, Des Moines' only Catholic-owned and operated funeral home. CaldwellParish.com. Grail Contractor serves Des Moines and Central Iowa for all earth-moving and excavating needs. Family-owned since 1959, Grail Contractor will complete a project you can be proud of, on budget and on time. Grail Contractor, 515-221-9669 or GrailContractor.com. Back with the Uncommon Good, Bo Bonner and Dr. Bud Marr. We have with us today our... All-star of all all-stars on the Uncommon Good, NBA All-Stars, not MLB All-Stars, Steve Wickmer, the Catholic movie guy, coming back on the show to help you with your summer movie viewing experience. Steve, thanks for coming on the show again. No, man, thanks for having me. Thank you. All-star. So, so yeah, <laughs> Yo, we'll, we'll the check's in the mail. It is not even a dollar. But here's the deal. Uh, I mentioned a movie beforehand, so I'll, I'll, I'll start that off this way, but then we can go through and actually talk about movies we do want people to see. Um, so I went and watched the horror film Hereditary uh, from the same... On Nick, my recommendation. On, on Steve's recommendation. <laughs> uh, I then quickly told Steve I don't think he needed to watch it. Now... This is from the same makers of the movie The Witch, which The Witch got, which, which, oh gosh, that's bad radio. Uh, it, it had a lot of like polarizing effect too, because The Witch is disturbing. It's about basically a family who, uh, goes into the wilderness and, and succumbs to the witches. This is around the Salem Witch Trial type era and things like this. I defended that movie. I think it's too gruesome for some people, but to me it was like Oedipus Rex meets the Salem witch trial and everything about it talks about like the allure of evil and how you should flee at the drop of the hat at the sign of the devil and pride and hubris. I mean, I, I wouldn't recommend it to everyone, but I think that there was some real power to that movie. Hereditary 
tries to do the same thing and and like by the book it is against everything that it shows it is like i mean if we're talking about moralizing i don't know a better movie that should say never attend a seance than this movie um and even the director said he tried to make a movie from the point of view of victims of of the occult um but the movie there's it just it's not worth like messing with your soul seeing some of the stuff that's portrayed on screen I don't know if I'm being consistent with those two, but I, I just that to me is a point to say, don't go watch Hereditary. I don't think you should. Um, but I think that gets back to something that we were talking about. There's a line in which you can show evil, especially if you're showing that evil is wrong. Hereditary shows that evil is wrong, but it's just not worth it. So I don't know. Castigate me on live radio, Steve. Am I making a consistent point there? No, and uh, and I, I trust your opinion, uh, which is one of the reasons I'm, I concede to be an all-star and appear on your show so long. <laughs> but, um, you know, it, you went back earlier to, to the Bible, right? And I, I think that people in our circles rightly are, are you know, put off by, by horror, and I certainly would never say you have to watch horror films or something to have a well-rounded life. That's part of the, the discernment, and that's why it's so important that um, you have a well-formed conscience, and you stay, you know, stay regular in in your prayer life and your spiritual reading, so that you can make those calls at the margins on when something is is gone too far and becomes a spectacle that not just exists for its own sake or that does good, but actually could could be harmful to your spiritual life. You know, in the Bible, like like you were saying, we have the source of all all uh, art, right? Because we have a horse story in the Bible, at least you know, at least one and several, but the one that comes to mind is the casting out of, of Legion, right? Right. I mean, that's like the first depiction of horror qua horror. And, and so I always defend the genre in, in and of itself that it can be done correctly and that it even can, can in the same way that story, show to serve, you know, serve the good in not just being a spectacle, but by showing the power, of, the danger of evil and the power of goodness to cast it out. So if you feel that this movie has crossed that line in depicting the evil in a way that's harmful and, and uh, lacking in the other ways, then I trust your judgment. But, you know... Contrasting that to a film, I don't know if you've seen, but like like The Exorcism of Emily Rose, which which I think is actually beneficial. I will still stick up for the genre as a genre in 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 some ways. Well, you know we, we we've all you know been educated in a, a different ways, and I'm sure that what they tell you is don't come back from break talking about a movie you don't think people should see, specifically <laughs> in the horror genre. But we just rolled that way anyway. I'm actually going to throw it over to Bud out in the wilderness of Appalachia. Maybe he's actually scared of witches and werewolves at this point now. Bud, actually tell us a movie that you would suggest that we see or that you you want us to talk about with uh, this new summer uh, roll of movies coming out. Well, this question that you guys are raising about horror films, it's an easy prudential judgment for me because I'm just not a very brave person when it comes to those matters. (laughs) So I I pretty much uh, avoid the genre like The Sixth Sense. That you know, the, the old film kept me up at night. So really, these questions are not. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like whenever, whenever there's kids doing strange things. In fact, for me, you know what it is. Like slasher films, there's not really any any appeal to see them. But if I have seen one, they normally haven't scared me. But Bo, like that film you just mentioned, The Witch, or anything about exorcisms, can just totally keep me up at night because it's too too true to life. And I know, like in certain parts of society those things go on and so those are the kind of things that can keep me up 
Well, I, I always know that I'm not good looking enough for the devil. That's what I've learned from like possession movies. Is like I, I think like I weigh too much for demons. That's what I've learned. Everybody's always skinny and good looking. So, uh, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, let's get to positive stuff. Someone throw out a movie from this summer. We think the audience should see. Anyone go? Oh no! Oh no! But you go. Well, you guys are much more on top of films. You, well, if we want to stay in the horror genre, didn't John Krasinski do one that was in that, that genre? Oh, yeah. That Look, you guys both like, yeah. Yeah, so let's talk about that one, Steve. Uh, so that was, how I'm already forgetting what it was called. What was the name of that movie? The Quiet Place. The Quiet Place. You know what's yeah, strange is that that's a, higher, that, that's a horror movie, but, man, I, I didn't think about it the whole time as being a, whole mo- a horror movie. I would unqualifiedly tell people to go watch that movie. Um, just that you want to talk about like seeing a family in their rea- like a, a real family, like uh, wh- where the spectacle of the movie, aliens and all these things like this, really make us focus on something that's truly an everyday aspect of our lives. How a family relates, I can't recommend that movie highly enough. Yeah, I uh, I don't you know it is it is technically I guess a horror movie, but I really would classify it more as like a thriller drama kind of a thing because i don't think it's out there to scare you there are some jump scares but really um it was it was such a unique movie because i can't recall in recent history a better depiction of it like a family that i would like um like 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 that i would want my family to be a very close-knit family that depicts um traditional roles in the family in a positive way but also not a limiting way there are um, exceptions to that, where the you know the women in the family have to have to be the strong ones, and 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 those things that it deals with with loss and great difficulty. Obviously, the premise of the movie is there's this race of aliens that uh, has taken over the world, and you don't even you don't see that part of it. So we jump right into the the middle of the thing, and it's this family is surviving by being quiet. And they have an advantage because one of their daughters has a hearing issue, so they know sign language, things like that, and it's. It's basically the best homeschooling movie of all time as well. <laughs> I mean, they they have to they have to homestead and and avoid these aliens. And uh, I think the, the the heart of the movie is what makes it so great, not the spectacle of the the aliens. Yeah, and you want to talk about how a little bit goes a long way. It's sort of like the spectacle sets up the perimeter for this story to actually take place. And what they leave unsaid. Um, and not explore makes like what we're talking about what on the screen, so to speak, uh, even more you know bright. The contrast is even more there. Uh, so I guess to go in a totally opposite direction, um, the new movie Solo in the Star Wars uh, universe. Some people have accused it of explaining too much. Like, do we really need to know how Han got his last name, or how did he end up with the Millennium Falcon, and things like this? I saw the movie and thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I think, I don't know if it's not doing as well just because of sort of Star Wars exhaustion or things like this. What do you think about that one, Steve? You know, I, I enjoyed it as well. I, I don't think it was up there with the, the best films of Star Wars, but it certainly wasn't in anywhere near uh, the worst films. And I think that the, the well was poisoned on that. You know, I think it just got so much negative press. Um, I think it's a combination of that with the fatigue because... I mean, I, I don't see anything in this movie that, that someone who enjoys the universe of Star Wars would dislike, really. I think it's very true to the spirit of it, which, which Bud talked on earlier. This, this kind of, you know, it's a space opera. It's, it's got its own mythos, and it does service that with the, some of the bits about Han's history. 
But it also doesn't, you know, just completely do like this fan service thing and forsake what makes it Star Wars, which is a kind of innocence and spectacle. And I think it nailed all of those things in an organic way and in a way that some of the other movies did not. So the only complaint that I really had about the movie was, uh, I don't know if you've heard this complaint come out about the cinematography, but at times it's distractingly dark. Yeah. Um, especially at the beginning, which I know it's supposed to be dark at the beginning. It starts out from a very dark place in Han's life, but it's so dark that it, it doesn't feel as true to the color palette and the, the visual thing that you're used to from Star Wars. That was my really only complaint on the aesthetic level. I thought that the heart of it was, again, in the right place. Well, as is one with our culture, I know like this is another summer of uh, comic book films. And say one of our listeners has just $12 left in their bank account or, or however much it costs to go to a movie these days. Like, what's the one, what's the one superhero film that they should see this summer? And I'm going to include Black Panther, even though it's probably been phased out of, uh, of movie theaters. Hmm, man, that's a good one. Uh, Steve, since I'm, you know, here with the control board, I'm going to make you go first. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, I would say the Avengers movie, because when we go back to spectacle, that, that certainly is a spectacle that's wholly unique. But the problem with that is, with suggesting that, is that it's in the nature of the comic book story. You're on, you know, you're on uh, book number 50 or whatever. So if you haven't seen the preceding 49 chapters or at least 30 of them, you're not going to know what's going on at all. So it's a complicated recommendation. If you're already in, in the uh, the no Marvel-wise, pretty much, then I would say that. If not, then I would go with Black Panther if it's still out there, because I think, and uh, Bo and I discussed this on my podcast, that it's a great origin story, and it's it's not wholly self-contained, because all comic book movies now are, are tied in some way, but it's pretty much self-contained origin story, and it's a, a very effective and good film. Yeah, the only thing that I can throw out there uh, is... Um Ant-Man and uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp looks interesting. Um I don't know if that's like the best one to introduce people to again. Like if you're used to sort of like Marvel comics and then also weird Marvel comics, that's sort of fun. Um when it gets into things that like are probably bad for your soul, I cannot openly recommend Deadpool 2. Let's just put that on the record out there. <laughs> so uh, uh I would I would probably say Black Panther um, would be the easiest to suggest uh, to the most amount of people. Now, on on that sort of note, Steve, I think we've talked about this as well. I'd love to hear it um, if you've ruminated on it further. So with uh, Infinity War, uh, Marvel has got where they have become a massive franchise where, like it says, they've expected that you've watched several movies. They're expecting that you'll want to watch several more movies. Um, you hear people hemming and hawing about whether this is great or the destruction of all moviedom. You have any thoughts about um, is Marvel doing us a disservice or do people need to settle down because it's the movies? Just watch your comic book person and, and lay off. I think it's both, you know. I, I, I but then I, and I get back to the comic book thing, and I'm like, that, that is the the universe of comic books. You know, you have this set of comic books. You have to know all the the episodes in this set, and then you have to have the crossover with another group of comic book characters and. I don't think they're doing anything new. I just think that their success means that it's it's being blown out and there's a, there's copycats. But in and of itself, you know, I think it's a reflection of the immediacy of our culture now, where you can dial up any movie at will, you can dial up any TV show at will, and where um, even with TV, you don't have to watch it the day it comes out or even the month. You can binge it a year or five years later. And I, I do bemoan that. I don't like the fact that, 
you know, I, I like the convenience, of course, but I don't like the fact that we don't have these common things and, and you have to, like, obey the, the limits of space and time. And you're, you're there on that night and you see the show or you don't. Um, so I think they're taking advantage of that, what I would call kind of a loss of a community. You know, when you said the movies are, are a communal experience, I think we've kind of had a loss of that with TV and, and movies because of the, the instant gratification that we are able to achieve. But, you know, they're, they're leaning into that and they're saying, of course, people are going to, to, uh, to look up, you know, Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. 1 through 10 and watch it before Avengers Infinity War to see if they can figure out, uh, you know, the Easter egg that we put in, in scene three in the third hour. I, I mean, you know, it's, it is what it is. You know, you either, you either in or you're out. You don't have to go. But, uh, insofar as it is that and you accept those premises going in, I don't think that, um, you could execute it better than Marvel has lately. No, that's a good point. Like, if you grew up any sort of range of comic book nerd, and I'm not like my brother or anything like that, because, I mean, like, he still doesn't have a job because of being a comic book nerd. I'm joking. <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, yeah, you kind of just picked up in media res, and then, like, if you're like, oh, who's this character? You found a slightly older, nerdier comic book person, and they're like, back in the day, blah, blah, blah. And, like, that was sort of the fun of it. Um, I I hope that, like, you could watch a Marvel movie anywhere in the sort of order and kind of get involved and then backtrack. I would only say that that would be... I, I don't know if you could watch Infinity War and have an idea what was going on. Whereas, like, a lot of comic books, usually you could pick up wherever and then find your way back. Um, a, mo- a, show, a movie that I'm really looking forward to that maybe uh, puts a new spin on this, Incredibles 2. My entire family is on Incredible 2... Uh, Incredibles 2 Countdown. The kids can't wait to see it. And, you know, the original Incredibles, what's great about that, dare say incredible about it, Steve, is uh, if you like comic books, like, it really hits a lot of tropes. But if you've never watched, read a comic book before at all, like, that movie is still for you. Um, We haven't talked a lot about kids' movies. I don't know if that's just because they've kind of not really been a worthwhile as it were i solo was a movie that my older kids wanted to watch we're really looking forward to incredibles 2 though yeah i uh my whole family's on incredibles watch we're gonna go this weekend and uh my kids really won't won't shut up about it so it's it's gonna happen just to end the noise in my household but (laughs) the the first incredibles is a great example of, of tying everything that we talked about together you know it doesn't violate the moral law it actually teaches moral truth but it's at the service not of, of an instruction manual view of, of, of the movie, but at the story and the spectacle. It has, you know, it's one of the greatest, I mean, it, people don't talk about that when they talk about comic book movies, or and I guess not that, superhero movies. Um, but it's one of the greatest superhero movies of all time, and it succeeds on every level. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I have my hopes up for it. I wanted to mention, I've plugged this movie a lot. It didn't, you know, it didn't bomb at the box office, but it wasn't around that long. And that's the Paddington 2 movie. Mm. Um, that's probably the best it might be the best movie I saw this year. It's certainly the best family movie I saw this year. Um, it's just, it, it does everything that we're talking about in the same way that, that The Incredibles did. I don't say it's as good, but the spectacle, the truth, you can take your whole family to see it. There's nothing there. Uh, it, it's just a great movie. So it's probably making its way to the uh, DVD or Redbox or whatever. Yep. I, would, I would highly encourage anyone to check that out. It has. My kids got to watch it. I didn't. They said they really loved it. They also, I guess Peter Rabbit is out too, and I saw some of that. And look, that looked, you know, forgettable <laughs> but not bad. But just one more question. Do you think they've seen Incredibles out in eastern North Carolina? Have you any indication about that? Uh. The, the first Incredibles. Yeah, right. Like, have they heard of Pixar out there? 
I'm sure they'll come around soon, though. I mean, I've read a little bit about Incredibles 2, and apparently the villain is named Screen Flavor, and it's it's kind of a critique of how addicted we are to screen. So you can take, take your kids to Incredible 2 and then never a single movie again. That's right. Like, it's the self-consuming artifact, right? Yes. That's right. <laughs> well, we're getting re- we're running out of time, Steve. I don't know. Like we 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 maybe have gone more plotting than times past. Is there anything you wanted to throw out, um, movie wise, that you would suggest people see? And then, if uh, either way, let us know where people can hear uh, the delightful, wonderful, nay, incredible Catholic Movie Guy podcast. Thank you. You're too kind, um, but it's all true. So. Uh, yeah, CatholicMovieGuy.com is where you can find all my podcasts. You can download every back episode with the good uh, Dr. Bud Marr, the good Bo Bonner, and even the Tim Man, who has his own cult following and is less and less. He's more of a shadowy figure now. I just wanted to mention one more time, though, um, one movie I didn't bring up that I really wanted to make sure to, 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 to uh, you know, to, to evangelize is, is The Isle of, of Dogs. I really oh, yeah. love that movie. Um, that's definitely one of the top movies I saw this year, and uh, I think it does all those things that good art does. Yeah, that was wonderful. That's a good point. I'm waiting for it to get to Redbox, too. And uh, that's something I think people, you know, we should always keep in mind is I I have, you know, Movie Pass. I love going and watching it in the cinema. I think it's just really great. Um, It makes the spectacle even more spectacular. Um, But with how movies work nowadays, um, you know, being able to have a family night and watch a movie, maybe that's not as good as, like, uh, you know, reading books together out loud, you know, you're putting on your own Shakespeare plays. I know some people are that awesome mm-hmm. and cool, but sub that, even watching a movie together with the whole family, doing it as a community of your family and then talking about it afterwards, I think sometimes people miss how much an opportunity that is of spending time together. Because maybe you're not the most talky person on earth, uh, but even watching movies with your kids, being there with them, uh, a shared experience that sometimes I think people miss out on. Yep, couldn't agree more. So, you know, for the lazy and for all the reasons Bud said, or, uh, uh, the, the good, the good professor said, I, I highly encourage movie watching with the family. It can be a teaching opportunity and leisure is a good thing, you know, take advantage of it. Well, Steve, thanks for coming on the show again, and uh, it's always uh, an all-star experience when you're on. We know we'll have you back on uh, sometime soon, especially when some of these other big movies hits. Uh, God bless, friend, and like everybody, I, like you were saying, if people want to hear more, catholicmovieguy.com. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Thank you both. Thanks, Steve. Well, bud, um, I... Another time comes along, another time for us to alienate a whole region of viewers. I, in fact, know that Eastern North Carolina has movies and have seen them. I don't want to be too mean about it. I was only making fun of how um, out in the woods you are, so just to be fair. Well, I feel like we really we like to rid those who we love, and so maybe this is actually like your way of getting us into Eastern North Carolina. Like now that we're... In Oklahoma, Iowa, I feel like we've got a lot of listeners in Pittsburgh, so the Smoky Mountains are our next, next conquest. Smoky Mountains, we're coming for you! <laughs> Watch out, Smoky Mountains. Watch out! <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, this has been The Uncommon Good. May Jesus Christ, the Prince of Peace, reign in our hearts, in our families, in our cities, in our state, nation, the entire world, galaxies. It's The Uncommon Good. We will see you next week. <laughs> But we can't talk enough about how wonderful it is to be in a diocese like Des Moines, uh, even when you are out and about or you live in Pittsburgh or you're in the Smoky Mountains. It's easy to stay 
up to date about what's going on throughout the diocese. Like we said, we have um, the Zip Whip line if you want to be able to get a hold of us, 515-223-1150. We have Facebook, Iowa Catholic Radio. Our Twitter handle is at IA Catholic Radio. The bi-weekly newsletter in tune. Um, we have all sorts of things coming up that we want you guys to be a part of, so make sure to check us out, even iowacatholicradio.com. But throughout the week, if people are listening, what's a way that they can stay in tune with the ministry of the radio station? I want to encourage our listeners, if uh, if you're looking for a new spiritual discipline, you could wake up early in the morning, 5 a.m. We start with Catholic Bible in a year. That transitions straight to the rosary. So I'd like to make a correction on, on air. Last week I said, Monsignor Beeson leads the Gospel Reflections, but we have um, Father Andrew Winchell doing it now. I know he does a great job. And then at the end of the day, at, at 9.30, we go back to uh, Gospel Reflection and more prayer. So a lot of times during the day to uh, integrate prayer into your life. That's absolutely true. And if you want to be a part of our ministry, uh, please always uh, keep us in mind uh, when you're um, making donations or charitable uh, uh, decisions uh, this is not a business, of course. This is our way of spreading uh, the word of Jesus Christ through the airwaves, uh, through walls, 24-7. And it's not just the people on air who do this, but your contributions make this ministry possible as well. We want to thank you. God bless. Have a wonderful week. And like I said, this is The Uncommon Good. We will see you next Wednesday. Take care. The Uncommon Good with Bo Bonner and Dr. Bud Marr is heard every week on wonderful Catholic stations like this one. And anytime on podcast, just search for The Uncommon Good.